Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm James. And we are thrilled that you're here to spend some more time with us and listen to what we have to say, whether it be planned or not. And that's what we do. We improvise sometimes, and other times we have a general idea of what we want our topic to be, and then we say, we'll just figure it out as we go along. Which and is kind of what's happening today. <laughs> and that's, A little yeah, bit. A little bit. <laughs> we just knew we wanted to talk about music. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, this is a music podcast. Music is in the title of the podcast. Hey. And if you've listened to us before, uh, we're really glad to welcome you back. And if you've never listened to us before, well, you'll get to know us pretty soon uh, because we're, uh, we can be serious and we can talk about some stuff that's like really deep Pedagogy. and then we can be uh, not so serious. Yes. And uh, just talk about things that we also enjoy. Not that we don't enjoy the other stuff. Right, but we certainly have an eclectic mix of things that we like to do on here. Uh, again, our past listeners will know that we've been uh, we've been sportscasters before. Uh, oh, yes, the yeah. the classic, right? right? Yeah, the golf classic, and uh, we also have a lot of unofficial sponsors. We do quite a few. And if you didn't know, we recorded a Christmas album. Which, if you didn't know, you must go find out. Because it's good. It's really good. So anyway, you should uh, you should go and listen to all that. But anyway, we're thrilled that you're here. So today, like James said, we're going to talk about music. But we're not really... Uh, we kind of talked about what the kind of music is we're talking about. But it's going to fit into sp- some specific parameters. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly about just what we're listening to right now. And also doing. Like That's writing. True. So right. you want to start with, let's start with the writing. Let's start yeah. with what's something compositional, like original music that we've done recently. And um, so like for you, what what's the most recent piece that you've either completed or working on or are really kind of happy with? Well, let me just uh, compliment you on that beautiful segue because that was perfect and completely unplanned, mm-hmm. more improvising. Uh, so, uh, well, I think uh, I... Mostly this summer. I mean, we know that this past summer I did a lot of like housey work kind of stuff. So there wasn't a ton of composing. But uh, I recently wrote two things. Um, one of them was last spring that you premiered something for horn and piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, it called, was a pretty piece. Yeah, it was called Solemn Trails for Horn and Piano. Um, sometimes in this podcast we talk about the way we write pieces and like compositional stuff, but that's not today. So we're not going to do that. Go listen to previous okay. stuff if you want to hear that. But I wrote this piece uh, and yeah, we premiered it last spring when I was a guest down at UGA and mm-hmm. it was really fun to write. Um, I wrote it specifically for that moment uh, for us to premiere because I wanted us to do something new. Yeah. New music is always good. It always not only is refreshing for the ears, but also is it keeps you as a performer on your toes. Um, and I know we had limited amount of rehearsal time, as in like one read through, I think. I'm pretty sure we read it like twice. I don't even, and... even remember us reading through. I remember playing it on the, the concert. 
we probably but, and in our read we might have stopped a thousand times because i screwed up the piano part so <laughs> it's very fresh music but in that way i mean when you were writing this piece did you have that in mind and try to keep things relatively easy and playable because you knew we didn't have time to really rehearse yeah um exactly what you said i knew we wouldn't have a lot of time so i tried to keep it pretty tame both in uh the piano part because i have a limit to what i can do um you're a virtuo a virtuoso horn player so you can do anything but uh, what i wanted to nope. <laughs> i wanted to uh i wanted to keep it pretty tame there just you're right so for ease of playing so you wouldn't have to stress out about like if i wrote 400 you know high b flats i didn't want you to you know I don't want I you to. I would not worry. play that. If you put a piece I, in front of me that had 400 high B flats or whatever you said, I'm looking to relieve anxiety from your life. So thank you. that right, so that piece. But it, it was slow and pretty and pretty sad sounding actually. I think that was the first thing you said when you heard it was this is really sad. <laughs> that it was, was like it was a perfect title. Yeah. Solemn trails. Um so anyway, um we're not going to play like whole pieces for you but here's a clip of what the piece sounds like from the premiere performance piano thing i wrote but the next thing i just completed literally yesterday and we're not time stamping things but uh, i did complete it yesterday is a piece for trumpet and piano and for a little bit of background on it um i have seniors who are giving recitals this semester and one of the things i really want them to be able to do is play a piece with no frame of reference and to not have to listen to it and to invent their own original phrasing, musicality, all that kind of stuff. And the best way I think to do that is if they do something original. So for my seniors, I write them a piece. It's never very long. It's never very like complicated, but it's just something that, you know, it challenges them and technical aspects to work on. Um, So what's fun is like I said, I completed this piece yesterday for trumpet and piano for one of my seniors. She hasn't even heard it yet. It's my senior, uh, her name is Annie. And Annie is a great trumpet player, but Annie also has a side hustle. She does mm. flowers for weddings, nice. and she's really darn good at it. And she gets calls all the time, and um, she is she's great. So if you know Annie, hit her up if you're getting married, because she would really love your business. That's uh, a nice <laughs> shout-out on the podcast. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just as a side note, Annie's business is called Annie's Blooms, and you can find it online at www.annies-blooms.com. Go hit her up if you want some flowers for your wedding. Uh, Annie's, a, like I said, a great trumpet player, and so I wanted to write her something. And since flowers are like her thing, I decided to call this piece Bloom for trumpet and piano. Hmm. Nice. Um, I was thinking you're going to call it 
um, sad passages or maybe um, other ways of saying solemn trails. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I was gonna say like if I'm writing Blue this for a senior, trails. like sad. Like why would I write sad for a senior? That's no. Oh, uh, you don't want them it, to go. Yeah, oh, that's true. I don't. But yeah, this piece, uh, it's slow and pretty. And so, like I said, I literally finished it yesterday at home, and I don't have access to a grand piano at home uh, or anything to really record except my little keyboard, which has lots of like clicky sounds. So I can't really record good stuff here. But I did manage to like export the MIDI of the piano part, and I played along with it transposed on horn. So I'm going to insert a little bit of a clip here of what some of it, just a few seconds of it sounds like. Uh, and we could go on for days about recording demos. Uh, that's podcast. a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other thing about the difficulty of that, um, especially when you're dealing with MIDI, which has literally no emotion at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, the piece has no dynamics, no slurs, no anything. I haven't edited it at all. I just... I put the notes in yet yeah it will um i put the notes in but this is just a clip of what this piece sounds like for annie I say no will you not no i'm still gonna ask it okay uh, i was gonna ask how you would describe this piece in three words you, you said it was sad and pretty how do you describe something pretty like what musically makes it pretty did i you? say this was sad or oh, slow I, and pretty sorry okay slow, slow and pretty, yes. and pretty. <laughs> i'm just stuck on the sad thing uh i know uh I, like pretty uh how, yeah how is it pretty which I know is completely a subjective thing. Or is it? Okay, so pretty for me. Wait, your first question was describe this piece in three words. I was uh, going to ask that, and then, and then you basically did it. So. Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> slow and pretty. Uh, pretty to me is it, the style is lyrical. Um, let's see. That is a really hard question. Why would you do that? Why would you put me on the spot like that? Um Okay, so pretty for me is also that the chords, uh, or excuse me, the accompaniment to it is also very, uh, especially in the piano, is like rolling. Lots of rolling chords. Mm -hmm. Um, It indicates pretty to me. The tempo is generally slower or at least has a slower feel. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That's kind of, well, pretty to me also has a lot of, like dissonances and release from dissonance Mm. that Mm -hmm. to me makes me like pretty because it always like it it goes to a place that's like crunchy and then comes back from it and resolves to me that indicates pretty i don't think like faster more exciting music typically does that 
a right. lot. Right. Um, but that's what, you know, pretty music does. That's so shallow, but that's at least what I Well, it's of. just, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes interesting to think about that, especially if you're trying to write a piece that is pretty. What yeah. are the musical characteristics or qualities that make something pretty? Yeah, rhythmic, oh, harmonic, sure. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, and this kind of cool to think about. Yeah, and this piece has, a, because it's like bloom, I thought of like a flower blooming. And so it has a lot of like rise throughout mm. the harmonies. I used Lydian mode, of course. Of course. And of course, because Lydian mode rises. Every time so... we use Lydian mode, an angel gets its wings. Oh, there's a so... lot of angels up there with oh, wings. That's, <laughs> especially just based off of what we've written. That's oh, yeah. such a. Uh, What's his name? Um, Clarence the Angel of You. Aw, how yeah. Christmas time. I don't know who that is. It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen it. Oh my gosh, you just quoted the line. Whenever a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. You've never well, seen It's a Wonderful I've never seen that quote in its context. No. I thought that was the main part. Okay, well, um, we just found a deficiency in your movie knowledge, but that's un- for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that'll be our so- Christmas podcast. So, yeah, those are two of the things I've written and took way too long to explain. What's something you just did? Mm, I just drank a Mountain Dew. Okay, I'm drinking a sweet tea right now, but I mean, what's something musical you just did? Oh, uh, piece I just wrote. Well, I guess one of the more recent ones is a horn quartet, uh, Sanguine Fall for Four Horns and Piano. It's a instrumentation that I haven't done before because I've done quartets, but right. I don't know. I was just inspired to add piano. Just well, I'll I'll get into it. But this was a piece that was the prize for the, gosh, I guess it was the 2018 Mid South Workshop in Wichita. The horn quartet competition winners, which were the UT Austin Horn Quartet, yeah. that was part of their prize. Was I would write them a piece. And well, and, and that. Uh, goes into well it follows what i was talking about um that you knew people were going to play this yes which is really cool so that's super motivating to write as well is that not only is this their prize but like you knew it was gonna get performed which is super cool yeah that that goes back to some of our old school basic limitations on composition is write for someone right if you know how someone plays that can tell you a lot about what to write now I know these are going to be ridiculously good players. Oh, I yeah. tend to write on the accessible side anyway, so <laughs> I wasn't going to do like concert stuck minus one or something, you know, like uh, take a notch off of that and then, no. A missed no. opportunity. They could have nailed it. Right. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was I wanted something slow, pretty, surprise there, yeah. uh, a little sad maybe. And so the horn parts are all a lot, you know, longer note duration, more chorale-like. And then the piano part is this, I think it's constant eighth notes the whole time, compound meter. So it's got this triplet feel, kind of really an accompaniment, not an equal voice. Um, And so it adds a rhythmic drive to the piece that the four horns just kind of float on top of. And it sounds a little like this. Thank you. 
All right, now can I ask you a difficult question? Absolutely. See, I'm a good sport. Where did the title come from? Um, it would be more fun if I did random band name generator. Yeah. But the yeah, truth you get is something actually... silly like the luck of dreams. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the truth is not too far off. It's my usual go-to of if I don't find a good word in a, an aerospace thesaurus, I'll just go to a regular thesaurus. Or sorry, glossary. I'll yeah. go to a regular thesaurus and type in an, a word that is similar to the emotion I want to evoke and then find a much better word. So in this case, um, I forget which uh, string of words I used, but sanguine, I had heard that from somewhere else uh as well i just thought it was a really cool sounding word and you want to know what it means what's that you, there's, you, a, there's you, a few different meanings but if you have it pulled up well there are two um it says that it means optimistic or positive especially in a bad or difficult situation which totally fits with you're saying it sounds a little sad um mm -hmm. and the other means in like the literary term means blood red right so they're kind of these two diametrically opposed things one is pure evil and the other is with a tinge of optimism. So yeah. that plus the word fall, which can either mean a descent, like someone descending into chaos, or yeah. it can just mean the season. Yeah. The actual cool. meaning is up to the listener. That's I guess. awesome. Yeah, it gives the performers a chance to interpret. I love that. Yeah. And as such, uh, my program notes, which I don't like writing anyway, because I don't want to tell the person what to think. Yeah. It'll just say, this was written as a commission for the winner of the blah, 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 and not say anything about the piece itself. Perfect. And then people Perfect. will be sad when they're like, can you send me some program notes on the piece? And I send them that, and that's it. <laughs> hey, you're making them a more complete musician by making them make up their own story and narrative. Yes, it's I perfect. think so. I love it. Well, that's awesome uh, based on – and it's a gorgeous piece, so I uh, can't wait to hear it played. Oh, it's going to be fun. We're going to premiere it at the uh, UT Austin Horn Day in October, so just a little over a month away. Cool. That's going to be awesome. And you're playing piano for it? Actually, I don't know. No. I, I could, uh, but it's a really you... easy piano part. Oh, good. Oh, well, then you're totally unlike me because my piano parts are impossible, <laughs> and I just have to hack through it as best I can. I somehow make it through, but – yeah, no, this is super simple. I'm playing piano on it on my faculty recital in November. Awesome. But for the premiere, I, I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Well, that's uh, cool on some comps that we just did, um, at least solo stuff. Um, it, I think it'd be also cool to talk about some stuff that we did, um, but maybe a little bit outside of you know, the creating original music realm because not everyone mm -hmm. has to do that to be considered a composer right and in fact it's much easier to have some kind of source material or inspiration when you start yeah and if you're I talking about like arranging right i'm definitely talking about arranging okay. and i think that leads us into talking about another subject which like you just said is taking source material and making it our own and especially off of stuff we enjoy so one of the things that I did, it was a little bit ago, um, but like maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half. I don't remember. Um, but if you know me, you know I love video games. Actually, if you mm -hmm. know both of us, you know we both love video games. Of course. And one of our favorite franchises is the Zelda video series. Yeah, uh, Zelda, video that's the little, green, the little green dude. That's Zelda, right? 
that's uh, not Zelda. Um, <laughs> Zelda is the big uh, the big guy with the red beard. That's him. Okay. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry. His name is Jeff Grill. My bad. <laughs> um, oh, Jeff. <laughs> uh, no, the Zelda Jeff, series. If you're listening to this, let us know that you are. And if we never hear from you, we're going to be very sad. <laughs> Especially since we just made fun of you. Uh, we love you, Jeff. So uh, the Zelda series, if you don't know anything about it, is about a little, um, he's a little fairy creature, sort of. Um, he's not a fairy. He's a human, but he has pointy ears I, named Link. I don't know what he is, but yeah. He's a Hylian, sort of. But yeah. he uh, he goes and has an adventure to rescue the Princess Zelda from a guy named Ganondorf, who is a big, monstrous dude. And they're all trying to go after these little triangles called the Triforce, uh, Wisdom, Power, and Courage. Look it up if you want to know more. Anyway, the music by Koji Kondo is amazing and is really stuff that we both enjoy. Um, using a lot of the modes that James and I both enjoy, like Lydian mode and Dorian mode and really sweet oh, yeah. sounds. The simple songs in like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask are so modal. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. Crazy. And if you've never listened to that, go on YouTube and listen. But one of my favorite games is Zelda's The Wind Waker, which came out in, oh my gosh, 2000 and late, so it was a Game I guess. GameCube game, so um, that dates it. Yeah. It was also initially panned for its quote-unquote cartoonish art style. Yeah, it was really different for what was coming out from Zelda at that point. It was 2002. 2002. Oh my gosh. Wow. And so I loved that game. And not only for the storyline, which is pretty sweet, um, which the game involves you sailing around the ocean, but it uh, it had amazing music. Oh, yeah. And a little while ago, I just thought it would be really fun to arrange a lot of the music for Horn Choir, for Horn Octet, but I didn't quite arrange it directly from the score. I could have easily done that, but I decided to do it really differently and make it like a little bit of a fantasy. So I took a lot of the themes and layered them, changed rhythms, changed meters, and it came out really cool, but really difficult. Um, and so I recorded it just to hear what it sounded like. I need to do like a real recording of it, but it was never for distribution. It was never for anything like that. It was just for my own fun. Um, the whole videos on my on my uh, YouTube channel, on my personal one, if you want to go find it and listen to it, there's flaws in it. There's intonation. There's you know some things it was just for fun though if i ever decide to really record it i might take it down and like actually do a good job but um th it's it's okay but i'll uh, i'll link a couple of sounds in here so you can hear the kind of thing that it sounds like uh so this is just what the the wind waker fantasy that i made sounds like
So it's a big amalgamation of a lot of the themes and the and the soundtrack of the of the game uh, all mashed together. It's about ten minutes long. It's really hard, uh, but it was a lot of fun to do. And I think that says a lot about you as a composer. If you're ever going to write, uh, is doing stuff that you really enjoy. And that music really just brings me a lot of joy because I I like listening to it, and it was really fun to play. Yeah, it sounds like it was a blast both to arrange and then to record, if not difficult. But again, that's a different podcast about recording multi-track totally. and all that stuff. Um, for those that maybe have heard the word fantasy but in a musical context but aren't quite sure, would you say that a fantasy is like a medley but with a little bit more artistic liberty? If I were Webster, I would describe it exactly like that. Okay. Thank you. I, I actually, I mean, I don't Did you just make that exact, up? Yeah. No, I'm, well, I don't know the exact definition. I'm not sure. I would I would say that's exactly what it is. Okay, which Musical. is kind of interesting yeah. because um, that really highlights your approach where you said you, you didn't necessarily go off a score because, well, quite frankly, the scores for that don't really exist. I mean, they do, but right. there's not really a way to get them easily. No, so instead, you can go from you like your piano, ear. but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to audiate most of it and just kind of figure it out. Also, don't look up musical fantasy on Google because apparently it's a high energy dance and party band in Mobile, Alabama. Oh, wow. So anyway. Uh, so anyway, that's an arrangement that I did that I really enjoy. What's, you do a lot of arrangements of really cool stuff. Uh, tell me about one of the ones that you did that you really liked. Mm, well, Honestly, I haven't done as many. I've done a lot of original stuff, and I haven't had as much time to do arranging, which is something that I, I want to do. But hmm. what I think actually might be cooler, if I can kind of take the uh, the exit here off the freeway, is instead recently... Put on your turn signal. Yeah, okay. And Thank swerve. Uh, my students, a couple of my students have been doing some arranging, and hmm. they one that I'll highlight in particular has working on a medley which is kind of apt that we were talking about you know fantasy versus medley so yeah. in this case it's a john williams medley Ooh. uh who, Ooh. which who is that again john williams 
some hack that was Guitar killed player, on right. Well, no, he was killed on Criminal Minds the other night when I was watching an episode. Ah, uh, okay. He was yeah. one of those guys that's in uh, Law and Order that was like loading boxes, but everyone knows what he is and what he looks yeah, like. Yeah, I never, and, but doesn't I, know anything I never else heard about of him. the guy. Yeah, I never heard of the guy. But he was yeah. about five eight, brown hair. Like to do crossword puzzles in the morning. Oh yeah, came in at exactly ten fifty eight every morning. <laughs> is that a John Mulaney bit? <laughs> you what? Is that a John Mulaney bit? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, so he's been doing this John Williams thing. He had a, I think it was originally eleven parts. So we've been working it down to eight. We've been wow. editing. We've been doing some other um additions to it and something that i've been working on with him and with other students is how to make arrangements a little more accessible Mm. Um, in terms of well number one if you're arranging something especially if you're using a score note and rhythmic accuracy in my book is extremely important Mm. Um, especially when you're dealing with something so well known as like star wars and indiana jones and I'm a elitist snob when it comes to that and a purist. And if you get the rhythms wrong or the harmonies wrong, that's not okay in my book. Oh, if you want wow. to call it a fantasy, then maybe. But if it's a pure arrangement or a medley, okay, all right, then that's sacred ground right there. Uh, all right. Uh, so once that's in place, then it's simply a matter of going through and making sure the parts are playable. There's enough rest that you trade parts around so everyone has a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, condensing it down from 11 to 8 was interesting. And then the thing he was working on most recently was adding a new ending. And uh, first trying to figure it out by ear. I didn't give him the score at first. It was Yoda's theme. So oh, okay. I think he... Th- I wanted to challenge him to try to do it uh, through, you know, applying some of those ear training skills. Yeah. And um, he was actually pretty good at getting the melody and was having some difficulty with the harmonies. So then I gave him the score, which I had, of course. And then, you know, he was able to fill in the rest or is filling in the rest. Um, and that's great practice. I mean, even from aside of the artistic fun of doing arranging, just trying to notate stuff by ear. Yeah. Uh, it's It's great. It's fun. So my students have been doing that. Um, I need to arrange something and record something. I was trying to think of what I would do next. You've done some vocal stuff lately. Yeah, I did the Franz Beeble, the um, Ave Maria, but that was pretty one-to-one um, in terms Explain of taking that the means. vocal part and making it into a horn part. Yeah, but but when you arrange, it's like you were saying, you have to make sure that it's accessible you had, right. i mean you couldn't do exactly like the part like you had to make sure that it was in a good range and a good playing you know the the people who would be playing this since you're all about accessibility you had to make sure it was in everyone's not everyone's but most people's capability right so for instance uh i can tell you exactly what i did with with the people which was originally it was a satb split total of seven parts um, so I took those seven parts, arranged them, because it was, I think, S-S-A-A-T-T-B, or maybe there was one alto. Either way, it added up to seven parts. So I just put those down one through seven, or one through eight with one part missing. Um, and then I took 
horns five through eight transposed, so like the tenor and bass parts. Uh, those would have been crazy low for horns, so I just popped all of those up in octaves, so now they're kind of layered on top of each other. Um, and then I bumped around the key. I think I bumped it down either a whole step, so the highest note was now a G instead of an A, which can make a big difference. It's a big difference in, in some players. Success. And yeah. it made it in a fine key signature. Uh, it was B flat major, I think, which we can do. Horn so pitch. that's a lot of work. I mean, that's like, or that's, I mean, not a lot of work, but like you definitely made some choices that made it more accessible. Right. Yeah. A lot of it's experimentation. Perfect. So. Awesome. So yeah, we've been doing, the, so that's arranging original stuff, music. Yeah. All right. So we have to offset the ego karma now because now we've talked uh -huh. about ourselves for mm. way too long. Oh gosh. Looking at the time. Yeah. Way too long. We need to way hurry this along. too long. Okay. So uh, we got to offset this. So now we have to talk about stuff that we're listening to that actually inspires us, but we didn't do it. Yep. Okay. So if wait, I'm going to go, go home after work and just put on a CD of your own music and bathe into your sonorous creativity. <laughs> bathe in my the glorious sounds of my speakers oh <laughs> just lay back in my lawn chair no i don't do that i have a feeling that there were composers that would do that i and just yeah. pat themselves on the back just really especially if they had gigantic arms and hands yeah that <laughs> list must have been list. list oh man just really yeah he must have patted himself a lot um no i i don't do that although i will say that what in like lately uh, I've been looking for some new music to play because, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we love new music. That's no secret. But I've been trying to find and like to find things that have been written. I mean, we play each other stuff a bit, but we – That's I like because to find we're contractually stuff. obligated to. It's true. And if you don't, then you're fed to sharks is part of the contract. That's yep. the uh, the buy-in in the Kormoto Horn Duo. So you have to sign that contract. Um. So I'm trying to find stuff that is really cool that I that I enjoy listening to, um, but also inspires me to want to learn it because there's certainly cool stuff out there that is really neat to listen to, but I know I'm not going to play. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I like finding stuff that I really want to play and makes me want to learn it. Um, the other thing about finding new music is that if, I don't enjoy listening to it. I'm never gonna play it, right? And like I'm at exactly. I'm I'm at that point in my life in which, uh, if I don't enjoy listening or I don't think an audience will enjoy listening to it, I am not gonna program it, because right. I just and don't I mean do it. for our students, I think we like to, if possible, give good them good music. But there are certainly some pieces that are really good educational pieces you know yeah. things that you have you play because they're important for the repertoire and because they teach yeah. things but at the end of the day playing good music is what it's all about right i mean my trumpet players have to learn to play haydn even if they don't want to play haydn it doesn't matter like they've got to mm -hmm. and we have to learn beethoven sonata but even mm -hmm. if we don't ever want to perform it it's just the just second movement i'm just going to put the second movement on a recital sometime will that take up a lot of time yeah yeah a whole 45 seconds wow <laughs> I was going to do it quick, too. So. Oh, really? Ooh, I was okay. trying to get Pick it under sub-30. I was going to speed run it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure you know the shortcuts. Make sure you know the control. Up, yep. up, down, down, Zs, any whatever. Um, you don't know the Konami code? Yes, I do. Okay, I just fine. can't remember exactly what it is. Uh, see, we're video gamers. 
so one of the pieces that I found that inspires me to play that I can't play here, of course, like there's no clips we can do because at this point, like we don't own this music. Um, but one of the things that I recently found that I really, really love um, is by Elizabeth Rom, who's a mm. Canadian composer. Um, and she wrote this piece for horn and orchestra called Sherwood Legend. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I sent you the yeah. YouTube video oh, recordings. Gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Epic sounds. Like, super epic. And, you know, I can find one recording. That's it. Like, mm -hmm. I found one. And so I immediately ordered it. I'm going to link it in the bottom of of this podcast so you can go listen to it. But it's three movements of, like, super, super epic music. Um, great orchestra part great horn part it really it makes me think of zelda honestly <laughs> like it makes me think of that music because it kind of goes along the like robin hood kind of adventuring type which is totally my brand and mm -hmm. it is super epic um yeah it was written for a uh, specific canadian horn player um kurt kellen of the calgary philharmonic orchestra um but it is an awesome piece. But that's a that's a piece that I found that I really love that kind of inspires me to want to go practice and play. Uh, like I said, I'm going to link it, uh, one of the movements in the bottom of this, so you should go listen to it. And if you're looking for stuff to perform and you're a horn player and you don't know what to perform with a large ensemble, you will love this piece. So that's my plug for that. But I really love listening to that. What about you? I'm going to go a different direction. Instead of horn music, um, I'm going to do two completely different things that I've been listening to lately. Okay. Uh, and one is, I'm going to start broad and go narrow. One is the music of Michael Kamen, uh, which is very, again, cool. it's quite uh, coincidental that you mentioned like Robin Hood, since he did yeah. a score for... Yeah. Um, and just all of his music, but specifically his concerto for saxophone. Now, I know, I know. Mm. Stay with me here. It's okay, amazing. Okay, I'm losing interest. Okay. It's really good. And okay. it's, it has a certain, I don't know, simplistic character to it. That yeah. It's just one of those pieces you listen to it. You go, why didn't I think of that? Hmm. Just in the way that he orchestrates, the way that he uses harmony, the melodic line. It's just, it's so uplifting and it's so good. And uh, it was actually our good friend, uh, Wayne Liu, who introduced it to me. And I just, if I ever need a, a boost, I just listen to that piece. Um, oh. And then... On the other side of things, just completely different. It's just some yeah. music I've been listening to lately. Is I sometimes I'll get on a kick, like a prog rock kick, or okay. like not quite heavy metal, but um, I don't know. There's so many subgenres at that point that it's like so yeah. descript in terms of well, oh, this is like second wave punk thrash double bit. I don't even know. Anyway, there's yeah. a group called Animals as Leaders, which is kind of dream theater like. It's okay. I call it musical ADD because of the stylisticness of how they change meters every bar. Oh, it's like cool. a seven eight followed by a five sixteen followed by three four followed by. It just keeps me interested, you know. After listening to Mozart, Whoa. this is like the complete opposite, and I just yeah. find it intriguing. It keeps my like brain that. active from just shutting down, you know, trying to find yeah. the pattern, trying to anticipate where it's going. And that's, that's awesome. I yeah. just think that's kind of cool. Well, I'm going to follow you on that one, and I'm going to tack onto it because you just went, like, 
uh, pop music, right? Like you went to more contemporary. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Well, those are those are two different genres of music. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. Contemporary, but yeah, yeah, the last one. Okay, so commercially, whatever. There you go, commercial music. There you go. Well, if we're talking about commercial music, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Um, But if we're talking about commercial music, and if you really want to get us to to know us a little better, and I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm going to ask you to name something in a second, so Uh think about it. Um, But I'll say another thing that I listen to that is completely outside of the realm of classical music um, is I re- I like listening to uh, if you or if you look at my iPhone and you look at my playlist a lot of what you'll see is albums from the really early two thousands. Mm, um, so what nice. I really enjoy listening to, even if I'm at like the gym or if I'm just in my car listening to stuff, what I like really listening to is like. Uh, an artist who does a lot of things with either just piano or just acoustic, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they're popular, like I really, I, uh, for example, one of the albums I have on my phone that I listen to almost all the time, like if I'm at, I'll name three albums and it's one of these I'm listening to all the time uh, at the gym because I really like them. Um, if you stop me, uh, one of them is Gavin DeGraw. I really like his Chariot album. Nice. It's really good. Um, first of all, I think his voice is really good, but also his music is just, I really like his lyrics. Um, and the fact that it's just, it's simple. It's really simple sounding. Like it's just, it's cool. Um, and that came out in 2003. Um, the other one I really like, which is a little bit less acoustic or just piano or something simple sounding is, <laughs> you may really judge me, but it's alternative, but I really like Switchfoot. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Some I people actually, really judge me for that. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Well, they're so I, I will um, not judge you. Okay, good. In fact, well, you can judge me for not band. knowing. All right. Well, their album, "The Beautiful Letdown," is one of my favorite albums of all time. I really like that whole album. And the other one, which I know you, I'm pretty sure you know of, is Jason Mraz. Mm-hmm. And that's my uh, my wife actually introduced me to him mostly, um, but his whole album that he released in 2008 of we sing we dance and we steal things is one of my favorite albums i have it i listen to it all the time um but those three albums i really really love and a lot of times when i'm not sure what to listen to and i really don't want to listen to classical music like i'll turn on something like that Mm -hmm. uh to just kind of clear the palette and from classical stuff that we do and that's just kind of an insight into me but that's kind of music i really enjoy it's important to have those types of music, those, like you said, the, the head clearers, the palate yeah. cleansers. And also, uh, it's amazing what inspiration you'll find from music like that, yeah. that you can use in your own original stuff. All right. Now, tell me about something that you listen to. What do you mean? I just did. Okay. Tell me about something more commercially available that you listen to. Um. Okay, what, what is what okay? More specific. What is, all right, if you had to have a karaoke song, what would it be? Oof. I mean, that you'd is probably go with like old school Disney songs or something, which I know you would be totally on board <laughs> for that. Yeah, I would. You know, some old Disney animated classics, or old musical theater. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, okay. I do on my shelf have if we're talking like late 90s early 2000s. Yeah. You know, I could probably remember at least seventeen percent of like an InSync 
song or a Backstreet Boys song lyrics or something. Backstreet Boys were the jam. Because, okay, they had some pretty good harmonies. And there was a handful of producers that wrote all songs for, like, those guys, like Britney Spears, 98 Degrees. Like, it was the same two people that wrote all their songs. And they're all in minor, (laughs) which doesn't happen now. (laughs) Right. Go listen. All of those songs are in minor modes. And that's why I like them. I I never thought about it. <laughs> it's your right. Yeah. Yeah. Backstreet Boys were the jam. I was definitely I enjoyed them more than I enjoyed NSYNC. Or as most people say, Justin Timberlake and Friends. Well, uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's harsh, but Pretty it's true. <laughs> but uh for those of you guys listening, you know, we are totally open and have really eclectic musical tastes um and we'll give anything a shot once so if you have music that you love like an album that you listen to incessantly tell us mm-hmm. tell us and if you know it, and we'll listen to it i mean we will give it a the honest like we will give it a college try and we will listen to it and make our opinion on it and actually you know what i think it would be fun is if people suggest us to us i think we should come back and talk about it so what you're saying is you want our listeners to make us a mixtape? I want our listeners to make us a tape professing their love to us through their favorite song. Yes. Tell us the deepest personality quirks of your psyche through music. No, we don't want to go there. But <laughs> No, don't go there. Yeah. Uh, but suggest an album or a song for us to listen to. One of your favorites that we really or that you really, really love and we will listen and it, please don't put the greatest hits of Dennis Brain. Don't put another recording of Strauss one. No. Please. No. Unacceptable. Really, I'm looking I would really like to hear like more I mean, it'd be cool if you post your favorite like classical, whatever, that's fine. I, I mean more commercial would be more fun. I mean, there's a whole lot of indie groups out there that have some interesting stuff. There's a whole lot of really bad music too. It's true. And even if it's bad, we'll get a kick out of that too. Yeah. So, or like some, give us some like unknown hair metal band or something like that, you know, some old school be, rock maybe. That would be awesome. So, comment your favorite album or song below and we, or let us know, email us, um, you know, to let us know what you enjoy listening to and we'll give it. And give what's it a our go. email? Our email, segueing into wrapping up since this is nearing the end, is cormotohorn at gmail.com. We also have our website, cormotohorn, uh, or is it just cormoto.com? It's, uh, that's an excellent it's question. I don't it's cormotohorn.com. Let's find out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as, it's with As we're Googling it. Yes, it is. Um, it is. Good. Reach out and contact Ooh, I forgot us. that I had changed the background picture like a year ago. Sweet. Uh, reach out and contact us if you're listening because we love to hear from you. Um, on uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast, give us a rating. Give us five stars if you really enjoyed it or one star if you really hate us and want us to die painful deaths. Either one. Um, but no matter what, just let us know you're listening. Let us know. Just, yeah, just let us know you're listening because we love to communicate with everyone. Um but anyway, this was just a fun talking about music thing that's not really educational, but just getting to know us better. Yep. And here's, we sometimes end with a quote. We haven't done it in a while, but I will that's end true. with this one. As I and many other people have said, you are, as a musician, a summation of your musical experience. <laughs>